Welcome to episode 32 of No Shot Clock, the Chicago High School Basketball Podcast. Michael O'Brien from the Sun-Times here with Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report. Um, thanks everybody for listening as always, and you can grab us on Stitcher Radio, and if you get a chance, please rate and review us on iTunes in the iTunes Store, that helps. I haven't checked in a couple weeks now, um, but so far, you know, every week we seem to get a little bit more, and every little bit helps. It, it is um, a later edition for us here, Joe, Monday night after I just got back from the fenwick Simeon game. Busy weekend, and yeah, we are doing this um, during, well, the championship game is still being played at Wheaton South, I know, Bennett and Niles Notre Dame, which I just watched them play on Thursday night, and I just, just a dismantling of Notre Dame. Looks like they've kind of turned it around a little bit since then, so maybe it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the rematch here just a few days later. But, but yeah, it's been a busy weekend and very busy with the questions, Mike, uh, that we got this week, so I, I think we'll get right to that and then take get our two takes on a couple of things that we do each each episode, and then kind of a look ahead as well to a big weekend of uh, some some shootouts that are going to be happening next this coming weekend. So we'll get started with the questions first. I guess I should warn everybody that welcome to the exciting world of daily newspaper life. I currently have a story. The Simeon Fenwick Gamer in at the copy desk. They might call me, and I'm going to have to answer <laughs> if they have a question with my story, and Joe's just going to have to fill. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see if that happens. This is the, I think this is the first time we've ever recorded a podcast when I actually had a story in that had not been done. But anyway, so we'll, we'll hope that I was perfect <laughs> in my first draft, which doesn't usually happen. Um, all right. First question here is from Alex Andre, a longtime listener and podcast question asker. Um, his first question, how much, are polit- how much are politics involved with the McDonald's All-American selections? Um, for those of you that don't pay attention, they were released yesterday. Um, he says, for instance, if Tyler Eulis two years ago had committed to Iowa and not Kentucky, would he still have been selected? There's definitely politics involved. I don't know to the extent. What people, I think, tend to forget, I think people that really understand it get it, but a lot of this McDonald's All-American stuff is decided – even before the season starts, their senior season, which is a little unfair, but through the recruitment, sorry, the recruitment of these players in the off season, the AAU competition, that goes a long way in deciding these All American teams, uh, particularly McDonald's. But yeah, there's some, there's some politics involved for, for sure. Yeah, I, and you know, I'll go out and say that no, I d- I very much doubt that Tyler Eulis would have been selected if he committed to Iowa. Yeah, I think have been, you know, uh, he captivated people. But I will say this at the Peach Jam and some big events, you know, and that was you know before he signed with Kentucky, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, but if you're not, if he wasn't a McDonald's All American, Jimmy would he be would he be at Iowa? I mean, you know what I mean? So I I just well, yeah, I think if he would he would have pulled the trigger, I think, and I wear Illinois earlier very early yeah um yeah. right before he blew up correct uh but at that point i'm just saying you know if he from that point on going on once he once he blew up in the summertime um second question oh by the way and we have no uh, no none of the locals made the mcdonald's all-american team at least for the boys um this season i think, that, I think that's a coming question too 
Oh, okay. Um, number two, why would a local recruit... Uh, Alex is talking about um, Big Nick from St. Joe's here. Why would a local recruit be upset that Illinois isn't recruiting him, especially with the state of the current program, and you guys saying Miami and North Carolina are coming after him? Is it up? Is it to up the attention on his recruitment? Well, if we're talking specifically about him versus players in general, I think players in general want to be recruited by their state school. It does generate interest. It does create headlines uh, and a lot more people feed into it. But for Nick's case, I I don't know. I've never known there was this affinity for Illinois. Uh, but uh, I, it's just individual case by case. Yeah, it was a strange one. I mean, obviously – no one wants to be a Mr. Basketball Player of the Year contender in a state and have the state university not be recruiting them. I think that that's just kind of distasteful to most recruits. And, you know, we've talked enough about that recruitment on this podcast. It's just not going to happen with Illinois and Nick for whatever reason. Um, let's move on. We got a question here from Phil Smith. It says, love the show. After reading Joe's midseason awards and seeing an amazing week from both Bennett and Thornton, are the coaches from these teams still your top two candidates for coach of the year? And if Bennett's coach is still the front runner, what will it take for first-year coach Ty Streets to take the lead? Will he have to beat Simeon in the sectional? Well, they uh, they lived up to that <laughs> the coach of the year uh, for midseason awards. Uh, Bennett Academy is in the middle of a tremendous stretch right now. They beat Bloomington, Niles, Notre Dame, Stevenson, and Fenwick. I mean, that's that's very impressive. Ty Streets rolling right now with Thornton. I mean, those two guys have set themselves apart in that award, and midseason doesn't mean a thing. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how the season plays out. You know, I, I think talent-wise, both those teams are, are overachieving, and it's a credit to the kids and, and buying into what their coach has to sell. So I just I think those two guys have, have set the bar high for that, that particular award. Yeah, I think my, I would have um, – I guess I'd probably have tie number one. I'm not sure they've overachieved that much, though. It's just – Thornton? Yeah, it's just we didn't – for various reasons about how that program's been over the last couple of years, no one knew how good some of these players were because they just weren't getting enough playing time. Right, but I just mean overachieve in terms of they don't have – they don't have one Division One player. They, uh, See, I, I don't. Player. I think Sam Taylor is clearly a D one player. If he wanted to play basketball, nah, I mean, he. I mean, not high I, major. I, and I, I like him a lot, but um, anyway, I, I just think that Thornton. The it's not maybe the words overachieving. Isn't as good a way to describe it as really a buy it into what Ty Streets is selling, and that yeah, is yeah. what he. I mean, they're obviously playing well together, and they're playing extremely hard. They, they just, I, I, I just, I just look at what Bennett has talent wise, and what Thornton has talent wise, and I don't think there's from pure talent. I don't think those are comparable. I would probably uh, I, have Tim Hoder as my coach of the year right now. I think, uh, Glenbard West. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know. That's the one to me where, even with Justin Pierce. That's a yeah, lot he's, of wins. He's, he's, yeah. When you're 15 and 0, you're in the discussion. Yeah, There's no question. No doubt about it. Um, what was the uh, second part of this one here? Um, did we do, oh, what will it take for Ty Streets to take the lead? Well, <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's, we got to just let it play out. I mean, I um, obviously, if Thornton beats Simeon and gets to Peoria, and I mean, that's 
a no-brainer, uh, a huge story. So Yeah, I was talking just, with Robert Smith yesterday about that sectional. I mean, there's a oh, – wow. And you know what? After tonight's Simeon loss, it's it's really within the realm of possibility that Thornton gets that one seed. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to matter who's a one or two. I think those two are going to eventually meet, and nobody's going to beat them in those in that sectional. I just don't see it happening. Um, next question, another one from Phil Smith. Um, he heard um, Brandon Johnson left TF South, wants to know if that's true and if it ends TF South's chances of winning a regional this year. Um, I have yes. not confirmed this. Uh, you know, I've heard this. He didn't play with them at Thornton yesterday on Sunday. He's not on the roster that was given out at Thornton. So it seems pretty clear that Brandon Johnson has left. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure how great their chances were to win a regional even with him. Weird deal there, if it is true. Um, yeah, the rumor is he's at Gary Bowman, who actually just thwacked Marshall tonight by like 30 um, over at the Brandon Johnson so. scored 41. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, we don't know if he, I don't know if he played. No, um, I don't know. Probably not. Um, the next one, I think we might have, the, I think this question comes up again later on. Um, okay, you guys know I'm horrible at pronouncing names. This is um, from William Lashober. He says, uh, uh, how is Mike Oliver a good example for the kids at Curie? He has pulled his kids off the floor multiple times. Aren't coaches supposed to be examples, teaching lessons of hard times, not run away from them when things don't go your way? In no way, shape, or form is Oliver good for kids, just as Chris Head was. Harsh words. Uh, It's actually in our two-take segment. I'll be talking a little bit about this, but it's obviously not very good. (laughs) It looks bad, and... It has happened on multiple occasions. I don't know what to say about it other than it can't happen. If this were to happen at any other level and any other profession of coaching, you're facing a suspension. That's, I mean, you you, you can't take a team off the court. I don't care if you're in college, Division Three, Division One. If you're in the DuPage Valley Conference, the Southwest Prairie, the Central Suburban League, you can't do it. And it's a black eye every time it happens. Yeah, well, I will to clarify. You can't do it for that reason. I've for seen, what reason? Because um, you're upset about the officials. Right. I've seen plenty of teams leave the court for safety reasons. Okay. Um, All right. Well, yeah, if there's a gun in the crowd. But, yeah. yes, there was no I, uh, safety reasons as I, far as we're aware. I, I'm talking about, yeah. I mean, the, the it's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even like talking about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, we weren't there. Uh, there was a really good story in, in the um, Michigan City newspaper I linked in, in my notebook where it pretty much laid out the just the, the stark facts of the incident. Um, it seems like there was a traveling call against Curie Mike Oliver. Maybe it was like the second or third. Mike Oliver was upset about it. And it sounds like in the course of arguing about that, he got teed up. And then he took the kids off the court. Then he came back out a little bit later, and they were going to play again. And it sounds like the AD at Michigan City was okay with that. The officials sounds like even were okay with that. But the Michigan City coach was like, no, <laughs> you left. You forfeited. Um, so that's what went down. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not what you want to see. Um, you can't do it, Mike. I mean, you just this is like you asked the question, and it's no, you can't do it. I mean, there's nothing really to talk about. 
No. So what? I mean, what do you think? He should be. He's, he should be fired. I mean, do you think? No. He should be- I, no. I, I mean, you know, I, all I'm saying is, if this were to happen, if you did this, in if you left the court because of officiating, and you forfeit your team's game, you 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 don't think you would be suspended in any other conference in the state of Illinois? I've never heard of it happening <laughs> in any other conference, so I don't know. I, I would imagine so. Um, I, I just common sense would tell me that the athletic director and principal in the school board wouldn't look too fondly on my high school coach taking my kids off the floor over some bad calls. Probably and again, not. I wasn't there. I don't know if there were safety reasons. That, <laughs> that there weren't. Saying, they would have mentioned so, it. But I mean, all I'm saying is it was it, so it, early it, in the it, game. How many bad calls could there it, even it, have been? It can't happen. And I, you know, yeah. I, I see it happen in summer shootouts all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it happens all the time in summer shootouts. I guess that's why with, it doesn't sound that odd to me. Because yeah, you're with right. Public league <laughs> yeah. team, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but you step in at Morris a lot. The uh, Morris well, shootout. It matter. Name the shootout. I've been yeah. there. I've seen it. They walk off. There's 17 people in the gym, and it's just it's just a bad look, man. Well, what I do mean, you think? I had a good question on the um, not for the podcast, but on the um, website uh, in the comments. A reader wanted to know if I considered at all dropping Curie in the rankings for it, since you know no. it's something they did to themselves. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. That's stupid. Yeah, I, I didn't consider. Um, okay. Consider it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought it was an injury. It was a question worth answering. With I did. Yeah. I, with asking. Just, next question. <laughs> I got to talk about it still in my two takes. So let's go. Okay. Um, Joe Cermak, uh, first time question asker, um, says, "Who are the potential McDonald's All Americans in our state in the 2017 class?" Well, we had no none in 2016, and as I'm writing in tomorrow's paper, which I guess people will hear this and read the same day. This will be potentially the first time in history in this state where we could go back-to-back years without a McDonald's All-American. Now, right now, if, I mean, if, if you're not in the top, well, for sure, if, I think there's one kid that was outside the top 50 this year. Uh, but if you're not in the top 40-ish players, it's really hard to be a McDonald's All-American. And right now, we don't have a single player in the top 40 in the country in that junior class. DeMonte Williams, Nogel Eastern are the two most highly ranked national players. Could one of two of them make a jump this spring and summer? That's where they're going to have to – it doesn't matter what they do their senior year. It's all going to matter what happens in the spring and summer. DeMonte Williams, Nogel Eastern on the outside looking in. If you ask me right now in January of 2016, will there be a McDonald's All-American? I would say no. Those are your two potential guys. I don't really think anybody else has a chance of being a McDonald's All-American besides those two. Yeah, it's hard to see. Um, and I mean, do, I don't. Do you think either one of them deserves to make it at this point, or Justin Smith, or no, whoever else you I, want to throw in? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, yeah. that's 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 kind of why I'm saying that they won't be. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just like I don't think anybody in 2060. It's interesting the years. Mike, it was 2009, 2012, and the top players in those classes, 2009 was like Brandon Paul and Drew Crawford and Jack Cooley. 2012 was Rashawn Stimmage and Steve Taylor and Fred Van Vliet. And then now we're talking. So wait, that's actually really interesting because a lot of those guys probably should have been. No, no, looking no. At their co- no that, looking at their college careers. Well, their college careers. But yeah. I, 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 what I was, my point was this. 
it's I think it's interesting that a state like this. Well, obviously we have McDonald's All Americans every year. I think it was twenty some straight years we had one, or thirty one straight years we had a McDonald's All American. And then, but of the three years that we don't, I don't I don't think there's any controversy or debate that we should have had one. Which I think is interesting because you would think, ah, oh, this guy should have made it or he didn't make it or he was in the bubble. We really, I don't think we're even close to landing one uh, in any of those years. Maybe this coming year if DeMonte or Nochel, you know, goes crazy here in the spring and summer. All right. Um, next question. Seth Pote, another first-time question asker, and I like this. Um, hey, guys, love the podcast. In your opinions, who's better? The Southwest Suburban Conference is blue or the red? Um, HF and Bolingbrook, Joliet Central, Joliet West Stag, etc. Compared to Thornton, Thornwood, Bradley, Bourbon A, Lincoln Way West, etc. Well, the Southwest Suburban Red to me, Mike, isn't as strong as I thought it was going to be. Bradley, Bourbon A, you know, they're one and four in the league. Um, Lincoln Way West isn't, well, Thornwood definitely isn't as good as I thought they were going to be. Lincoln Way West is, you know, Thornton's better than we thought, so I, I, I guess I give the edge to the Southwest Suburban Red um, over the Blue. You, you, yeah, I no, I, I definitely, I'm going Southwest Suburban Red over the Blue. Yeah, I don't, I think that's pretty clear. Um, however, I think the bottom, well, you know, maybe it isn't with Andrews win over Bradley Bourbonnet. I was going to say the bottom of. The red is pretty weak. Uh, well, I Thornwood guess just, some, Thornwood just played some people tough. Oh yeah, I'm not considering them the bottom. You, you, you well, know, the bottom or Thornridge. I'm wrong about Andrew, this because Sandberg and Bradley Bourbonnet. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no question. Lincoln Way East and Sandberg versus Bradley Bourbonnet and yeah, and I was impressed with Lincoln Way Central. I've seen a lot of these teams. Lincoln Way Central moves the ball well. They got some size. Um, they're an interesting team. I think they could cause people some trouble in the um, playoffs, you know, yeah, definitely the red is best. The blue has a lot of teams that can beat anybody on a given night and then lose to some teams. They shouldn't, you know, on a given night, thinking about the, the Joliet stag end to pretty much everybody in that conference. Lockport picked up a nice win over Joliet West this week. You know, they're, they're a capable team. Um, I, I think it's a really good league. Both, both of the conferences are good and they're deep and a lot of teams can win on any given night and that's hurting them in the rankings quite a bit. Thornridge has just taken a chunk of flesh from so many teams this year by pulling off some wins. Um, Thornton had a tough time with Thornwood on Friday night. So yeah, I, I'll go with the red for sure. I'm just going to answer the question. Um, let's see. Next one. Uh, I got to go down a little bit further here. This is from a good buddy, Rennell Chapman. He says, I loved, I looked at the state rankings and saw Leo listed as class 1A. Wow, what an enrollment shocker. Most of them all high school programs usually have one of their goals set on getting to Peoria to win state, and successful programs such as Leo might consider their season unsuccessful if they don't at least get to state. How big of a surprise and disappointment would it be if Leo doesn't at least get to Peoria? That's the first part. Well, that first part, I guess I'm going to have trouble answering because I just haven't looked at 1A too closely. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't given... I guess I should because I can't even think of how many 1A schools are in the Chicagoland area and where Leo goes for their regional and sectionals. That's Yeah, I'm getting it up here now. It, it, that to me is 
so different than than what we've seen in the Leo past. Leo is in the Harvest Christian sectional, subsectional A, with a lot of very, very bad basketball teams. Um, subs- are they Chicago team? What are yeah, they? Yeah, Hope Academy, Douglas, and the worst team in the history of high school basketball, Little Black Pearl, hmm. um, who lost like 96-4 to to TF North this year. Luther North, ooh, ooh, that could be tough. And they're going to host one of the regionals. And they're, they're, they're a decent team. So that's not going to be easy, especially if they have to play at Luther North. Then they go up against subsectional B, which is like a lot of Elgin schools, Moose Heart. Um, the other one is a bunch of teams we know nothing about from the Hanover sectional. Where's their super? Um, the super is at Northern Illinois. Uh, I'll take a closer look. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say. Um, and I haven't seen Leo yet. So I don't even know what to say. I'm sure they think they should get to state. I'm sure they'll be disappointed if they don't. Um, second part here is, and between Leo in class 1A and Orin 2A, which one would you pick as your favorite to most likely run through the class with close to no real challenge and dominate their way to the state title? Uh, they're both going to have plenty of challenges, I think. I would say plenty. Yeah. Plenty? Yeah. Yeah. Plenty? What's plenty? Four? Well, there's only five games to get there, so two would be plenty. <laughs> two is plenty to get to state? Two challenges, two like big, tough games, yeah. I mean, well, a lot of the 4A teams aren't going to have more tough challenges than two to get to state. Right, I'm making a commitment between now and next week. I'm yeah. breaking down 1A and 2A because <laughs> I don't know enough about it. I've looked at the 2A a lot more than I, I hadn't looked at the 1A at all. Um there's not going to be any, and, I, and like you, or going to have to play DePaul Prep. I haven't seen an uplift and in that, their sectional. That, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it will be. Um, so that's not going to that. That's just in the sectional. That's not the super. Um, and they got. I think they have Seton waiting in the super. So yeah, they're going to have challenges. I mean, or against any of those teams is not a gimme. Um, so I, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm I, uh, I I'm trying to answer the question: Who is going to tougher? Seton has a much, or or has a much tougher tougher road road than Leo will have. Or has Um, a difficult road even for 3A, or sorry, for 2A. There is a worse 2A path, um, what do you call it, through it than, anyway, through here. I don't think too many people care about this, but Or has a very good chance at 2A, but it's not going to be a cakewalk um, through that sectional. Seton's a talented team, and they're going to be playing for school pride. I will say, Public League 2A conversation is, definitely is not captivating the audience really well the uplift listeners just got a thrill because they were mentioned um next question and here we go <clears throat> from Rennell chapman does nick irvin realize there are decades worth of distinguished morgan park alumni who are well-endowed professional people that have the resources to heavily support a fundraiser and possible connections with architects or contractors who can develop the design to build a new gymnasium. Has Nick Irvin talked about any type of plan or project to create the funds and design for a new gymnasium besides having his players wear shirts saying we need a gym and reaching out to people like Rahm Emanuel who he thinks will support him with actions? I don't personally think it's in the high school coaches description job description description, to (laughs) if you build it they will come uh i mike 
I, I, I know you've written a lot about this stuff, uh, but can we just stop with the building, the Morgan Park, a new gym rhetoric? I, I mean, you want to go out and get private funds like he says, have at it. I, I don't even know if they would, I don't know. But the building of a new high school gymnasium for Morgan Park isn't exactly on the to-do list for the Chicago public school system, nor should it, should it be. Call me crazy, but I'm pretty sure I've heard there are a few more issues. They may need to get to better the education in the city. You know, little things like paying the teachers and providing textbooks and supplies to teachers. I just think it's silly. They're not building a high school gymnasium. They're not going to do it. Why, why do you think that? Because they're not. But they you just, think they're going to build yes, a high school gymnasium? they are. Gymnasium? They're building Peyton one right now. They're going to build a high school gymnasium for Morgan Park. They're building Peyton, a high school gymnasium, literally as we speak. They don't have a gym? No, they did. They're getting a new one. A $17 million. They're getting a fitness room. They're getting a new gym. They're getting a theater and some classrooms. That's I, I, So I, it's I, not I, crazy to ask for something that is literally happening downtown for another group of kids. Why, why, why are you building gyms? Well, the, uh, I know why they're building Peyton Gym is they want, you know, Peyton's a really good school. It's downtown. It's where rich people send their children, and it's to keep rich people living in Chicago. They need to up the enrollments. So they need more classrooms. They need a bigger gym. They need some things. I don't, I've never been on Peyton's, I don't know their, what their original gym was even, what I haven't been there either. I know it was situation. bad. It, it wasn't any better than Morgan Parks. It was, it was, a, it was a bad situation. I think originally they didn't have one, then they did. Um, but no, it's, it's not crazy to ask oh. for someone, something that someone else is getting. And I, I'm sorry, but I, I understand rational people can have a, a different opinion on this part of the argument about Morgan Park. That yeah, it should be for other things, but I mean, the mayor, Jim, the city just spent a hundred million dollars on a, a trail in my neighborhood, so that a bunch of hipsters in Wicker Park can walk on what used to be railroad tracks. Hundred million dollars. They're bringing in a new Ferris wheel this week for Navy Pier because the other one apparently wasn't big enough. Now, they're claiming that isn't public funds, but they haven't really disclosed how they're doing it. So, it, the well, city... It's not public funds. I don't they're they're claiming it isn't. They haven't, they haven't said... They said there's going to be sponsors, blah, blah, blah. But there's things going on all over this city while they claim to be poor. They and are poor. They're broke. Why, wouldn't, why is it wrong to ask for something when, when Peyton is getting it right now? Oh, they can ask. I don't care. That's all they're doing. But it, it's... it's, it's I think it's, you're, it's nothing's going to get accomplished. They can ask. Then okay, not, so that's what. And then they're not going to build the gym. And I can. That's fine. I think that's our part of the argument. People have many different opinions. A difficult. But how long? Just subject. keep asking and keep talking about it. Maybe. Okay. I mean, and it's it's political. It's Chicago. Rahm Emanuel showed up at his least popular time. To get a photo op with Nick Irvin and his players because he, the, actually, the Sun-Times outlined today in the newspaper how Rahm Emanuel just started popping up everywhere in the black community during the Laquan McDonald incident. Morgan Park's, you know, game, the League Classic was one of these stops and Nick Irvin played his political part, talked up Rahm Emanuel in the newspaper, which a lot of the people in the black community didn't like that he did that. And so then Nick Irvin comes back and he wants <laughs> his 
gift do they, for do that. They, do they do they build a gym for Morgan Park because they have a crappy gym and they're good in basketball, or do you just where do you select who gets the new gyms throughout the city? In Chicago, they selected by where the politically connected people go to school. That's why Peyton's getting one. I mean, I mean, you, you can't deny that in Chicago, the poor people get crapped on with their schools. Yes. Yeah. And so for people to get upset when they get upset about getting crapped on and speaking out about it, I, I don't understand. I just, if you're getting crapped on, I think there's other things. I don't know. I, I'm in education as well, and I just would think there's a little higher priority in other areas well, than a gym. Yes, if the science and teachers want to band up, that's that's fine. But Nick's the, he's the basketball coach, so that's I, what he's asking for. That's fine. He can ask. I'm just saying. I just think it's. I, I just think it's ridiculous. Now the se- just, the second part. Yeah, I, this is where I don't see any other point of view. If they want to play in their own gym, they get to play in their own gym. Nobody else gets moved. I don't, I don't see any reason why that game can't. So this be. is about the the home game. Yeah. And the boycott. Yeah. To me, this part I don't see the other side of, which I could see with the gym, uh, building one. There, you know, there's a lot of people that are on the other side, though. Yeah, and I think they're completely wrong. Who else gets moved? Give me one other team that doesn't get to play their home game at home if they want to. I'm not saying they shouldn't play at home. I'm. This is the whole debate with me is the timing of it and how they went about it. I mean, if the parents of players are upset, they have every right to complain about the home court situation. It sucks not being able to play Simeon in your own gym. Go to the coach, go to the school, go to the principal, make yourself heard if that's important to you, but then deal with the fact that you may not get your way if indeed you don't get your way. You don't always get your way, Mike. This is our society now, our culture today. It's what you see in today's youth in school and education. If we don't get our way, we're going we're gonna to call the teacher, we're going to call the administration, question, critique, call them out in any situation. In this case, protest, boycott. I, I know you're going to give me the importance of the, the respective communities in the city that these games are, and, but you don't typically associate a boycott or a protest of something and attach it to something that's a little bit bigger cause in life than a home high school basketball game. I mean, this was, by the way, this was Morgan Park's call to begin with. I mean, it's January, the week before the game. It's not like this is something new, Mike, something they haven't done in the past. You well, there, there, there was a new thing. The, I mean, ti- and the timing is what's important. Um, wait, no, wait, they, 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 they've done this before. Maybe, maybe deal with it. Oh, I don't know. Before the season starts. In the offseason, discuss it then when the schedule is completed. If this game was boycotted. They didn't know they were going to play at Little Village then. That was literally, that is when. So the, they're not, they're not going to, they wouldn't have boycotted if it was at Brooks? That's a good question. And they didn't, they weren't boycotting at that point. They well, didn't. They were going to because they moved the game back to Brooks and they're going to boycott. Well, they had already started by then. Well, um, right. The voices came up and the parents got involved when the Little Village. If this game was boycotted up. and forfeited, who wins? The kids? Just answer. The public league? Simeon, the parents? Simeon wins. <laughs> Sim- no, it, and they don't, they don't want to not yeah. play that game. Who wins? Morgan Park? Nobody wins. And from a competitive standpoint, this is my other part of it. I can't imagine anyone who has played with any com- 
any competitive sports at a high level from high school on up would ever in a million years not want to play a game, especially a game of this magnitude at the high school level because of the gym they're playing in. You're going to give up the chance and opportunity to play Simeon in your senior year because of this? I, I just, I mean, I understand they want to play in their home court, their home gym. I get it. But I don't understand how they went about all this to create this drama over a basketball game played in the wrong gym. And, and that's, that's my, you, you said there's no way you, you can see the other side of it. Well, I just gave you a bunch of reasons why. And I, I, I mean, it, it was one week before the games played. They didn't, I mean, this, and, and, and in Little Village, Brooks, it doesn't matter. They're, they wanted to play in their home gym. It didn't matter where they were going to play the, the, this game. Um, and, and, and I get it. I, I, you know what I mean? You, you, you play in your home gym. If you hold 200, you know, the fire capacity is 275 or whatever it is, you let 275 people in, you call it a day. Um, I've been in plenty of public league gyms where there's more than the, the allowed amount of people, whether it's 1,100 people in the gym or 500 people in the gym. I get all that. Play the darn game at Morgan Park. I don't care. I don't want to move the game. My point is how it was gone, how they went about it, at the timing of it all. And I, I, and I'll go back to my original thing. Who wins? Nobody's going to win if that game's not played and forfeited. Nobody. So you're... Would you say for, they should just take it and play wherever the public league tells them to? Because for, for, okay, first of all, who, who who set the game off campus to begin with? Well, no one will talk to no. us for sure. I am okay, well. almost positive that the person who does the most does not want the game at Morgan Park is the Morgan Park principal. Yes, correct. Well, we, you don't know that for sure. Well, okay, I. Because I don't know that off, for sure, and I've been record, working on this for a Off the week. record, I'll yeah. say it's for sure from off-the-record people. But I, no, 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 you, no, 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 no. You don't know that. I know that. We know that she doesn't want it there. What I said was most. It's very possible that the CPS also doesn't want it there. Maybe not as much as her. But initially, the schedule, when it's made. Well, initially, when the schedule's made, it says at Morgan Park. Right, but I mean, the, the, the first... The first indication the first, the we first had. Person that says it, first person that raises their hand and says, I don't want this game here. The first, in, well, that was CPS security, um, as far as I know. I was at the Simeon game when it happened, Simeon Morgan Park. After the game, there were people, some people, CPS people were talking. And it was just like, I don't know, we don't know where this game is going to be. We're just pr- almost positive it's not going to be in Morgan Park. And you can come back and say, you know what, this is done. We're, n- we're not doing this anymore. We're either playing both games away, like, Rob Smith suggested, or we're playing on our home court starting next year. So, do, do you think that in, if in the middle Saint- of January, one five days before the game? That's well. That's when they. That's when they gave them the venue. <laughs> what, are they supposed to proactively you, you before they hear? You don't think they knew, they knew that they were playing off campus? Not for sure. No, no, the parents did not, and and they definitely didn't know they were going to go to Little Village. I don't think non-Chicago people understand how far it is from Morgan Park to Little Village and how literally impossible it is for people without cars to get from Morgan Park to Little Village. I'm just saying it's they, taking they, a, a they game have, so far away. How many years from have they the not played in Morgan Park? Four or five. Um, the first game, well, I'm bad with years. The first game the time they moved, it was Blackshear against Jabari. So it hasn't been that long. Um, 
So you know it. I, I don't know. It, it, I'm just, we'll go on and on, but. No, no, no. I'm far from done with this. You said your say. Now I'm going to say my say. These parents have banded together to keep their game in their community. And I guarantee you that any other high school area, I don't care if it's Geneva versus Batavia, if they move that game to Harvey, I don't care if it's St. Pat's against Notre Dame, if they move that game up to Mundelein to play at Carmel, I don't care what conference took a rivalry game out of its city and put it somewhere else, those parents would do something about it. They would not take that lying down and they would not take that quietly. I mean, do you honestly believe that any other community would let that happen to their game? They would not let it happen. I don't, I don't, I would never dream of a boycott and not play the game in a, I just wouldn't, I would never. But I'm talking about the parent. You don't think the parents would make they, all kinds of noise? Yeah. Of those schools. I, 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 if you go back to my rebuttal, Mike, I said you can go and complain. You have every right to complain. Okay, but then when those complaints aren't aren't heard, they would just take it. Say it again. It, it, when those complaints aren't heard, you think that the parents of all those other schools would just say, "I am Fine. saying the game would not be boycotted." That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm, and I'm not sure about that. I don't think St. Pat's and Notre Dame would just well, you have an quietly opinion. go to. I mean, yeah, you you think they would boycott the game and not play it? I have no idea because guess well, you what? Have an no, no, no. Come guess on. what? No one else has to deal with this. Why is only Morgan to. Park getting moved? Well, no, okay, no other CPS school is getting four, moved. You just said they've done it for four or five years. Yes. Handle it in the off season. Figure it out and know what you're doing. Well, that's the CPS issue. And have that's some the organization. Principle. The parents didn't have that opportunity. They were just told days ago that okay, the game was getting moved to Little Village. Parents, and if I'm the parents and I've played four straight years off campus, I might ask, you know what? Are we going to play that Simeon game at home this year? I mean, now if they were told up until then, yes, 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 yes. Then let me know. But I mean, come on, take care of it. This, I mean, the organization of this whole thing is 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 asinine. You're going to sit and forfeit your biggest game of the year because your your your, your kid's not going to play in the game because you're not playing in your home gym. I mean, eventually you have to take a stand if you want to get what you yes, want. Do it during. The, figure it out on the off season. There's no stand make, to take make, during the offseason. Make off sure season. it never happens again. If it's that's that, what they're doing now. Oh, jeez. All right, fine. Let your kids not play the game. And the kids, I've talked with them. Many of them. They're okay with it. So, yeah, you're, so, you're, you, so your argument loses water when the kids, the players themselves, are supportive of it. I mean, maybe they are. I, I no, no, no. They are. <laughs> I've talked but with them. Nobody is going to come and say... Nah, mom, dad's wrong. I want to play. Oh, they could say that. Do you know how many times I've tried to get them to say that? We've said, "What well, do you? Are you just obeying your parents because you have to?" Do you not? I mean, th- I mean that would be quote gold for me, for the Tribune, for anybody. Trust me. Many times we've tried to get one of those kids to say that. Uh, oh, they're supportive I, I, of it. I think it's crazy. I mean, not to want to play in that game. I mean, I would, I would salivate to play in that game. I mean, they're playing I- Bogan there on Thursday. How is that any more or less? That's fine. I'm, I'm not saying it's not wrong to play in the gym. They, they can play in the gym. I don't care. I'm just not going to boycott and not play the game. That's, and 
I, I personally think the majority of people no in, in this situation w- would not boycott. In fact, I talked to th- three different suburban coaches that said if they threatened to boycott, then their principals and their administrations and their school board would threaten them back to the kids if they ever boycotted any game under any circumstances to that they would have to not be on the team or sus- face suspensions or whatever it might be. But boycott. Go ahead. Don't play the game. No one really cares. I yeah, mean, I think it's I mean, obviously it, it honestly, it's not the suburbs. Comparing the C- Chicago Public Schools to the suburbs, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's apples and oranges. Well, you, you came back and said if this were to happen in any other place in the suburbs. So I have to. Yes, the, I, those, those parents would, would go nuts. Suburbs. Yes. Because I have everybody coming up to me. Oh, well, can you imagine this happening at Bennett? Well, yeah, I can imagine Bennett parents flipping out. And who knows how far it would go if some their stuff was moved in, in similar ways. But you're dealing with Morgan Park and with CPS. and Well, they had three hours to hash it out, and they couldn't. So they have to – when's meeting number two? I don't know. I'll probably have to make a call oh after this. Oh, my goodness. They can't figure it out in three hours? I'm, they're just, I, it sounds like there was no agreement. <laughs> and, and no, they, I, I knew they what were going to – What do you talk about for three hours? Uh, it was an area of grievances. They have a lot of grievances. About a lot of things. I mean, I don't know when the last time you were at Morgan Park was, but I would have a lot of grievances, too, if my kids went to school there. Um, the bathroom situation's a little rough. They're not very clean. Uh, like a lot of CPS schools, they don't have the proper janitorial services anymore. Uh, I don't know if that was on the agenda, but it would have been tops of my list. And I think it's... I didn't I, know I think doing it, a, a call-all for all the... Yeah, well, well, that's what the parents say I, all the time. This is just the start of it. This is how they get attention. This is an underserved, ignored portion well, of sign the community me up. there's the meeting to clean up the school i i, I will come and, and and come too yeah they, they had a long it's list not, of things i don't I, i'm not gonna do the boycott. i mean it's about much more than basketball how are you gonna get attention if you are the black south side community the only way the papers are there and we're talking with and the tv station there is if you use basketball to get that attention because that's the only time anybody cares about you and so that's what they're doing. And for 15 years, my, covering the public leave, I, I've had to listen to suburban people tell me where are their parents whenever anything went wrong with a, a player or a team or anything. Where are their parents? Well, now the parents are here. And they're trying to do something proactive to make things better in a place where they're not good. And now I have to hear about, well, these parents need to get out of the way. No, what? I love proactive parents. I would love it. I, I love it when it's about education. Well, as I said, this is how they have to get the attention first. This is about okay. This is about a home basketball game, Mike. That, that's I, I read all your stories. It's all about the boycott of the basketball game. It has nothing to do with textbooks. It has nothing to do with uh, several of the parents have talked about has how it has to do with a number of things for the school, and a gym has to do with a lot more than just basketball. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on in a gym. I mean, well, they, then, let's they, have articles about this instead of basketball. They did. They mentioned you can't even have a I, dance. I'd love to. But basketball podcast, I don't want to talk about textbooks. Let's go. I think we're out of questions. There's, there's got to be more. No, I think that was it. Um, I, I, well, say, I saved that one for last for <laughs> obvious I, reasons. I will... Jeez, I'm gonna have all the public league coming down on me. My two takes. It's my my first one's regarding not not this one uh, about that. Um, but I, I'm just like, come on, public league basketball. You you have to find a way 
to stay out of the negative headlines for one entire season. That's right, one full season. Now, it's not everyone in every program. There are plenty that do it the right way. And, but whether it's eligibility issues and playing with ineligible players or scheduling wrong and being booted from state tournament competition, which has happened numerous times, forfeits, and yes, walking off the floor of any game because of bad officiating, I, I'll say it again, it's just a very bad look. And you know it's getting to be a little too much when things now happen, and I just kind of shrug and don't even think anything of it. So that's just I, – I, I love the public league. I love the basketball. I love what it means to them. But there is just too many episodes year after year, Mike, that you just are like, huh? And I know we're dealing with bigger numbers and more schools and more – but it, it, it's become too repetitive over year after year. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with, this sounds like a really old man thing to say, <laughs> a lot of this has to do with the internet. Because um, I think a lot of stuff went on before, but people just didn't know about it. Walking off the court and a lot of other things. You know, now we have Twitter. I wouldn't, nobody had heard about this Curie thing if I couldn't read the, you know, Michigan City paper online, well, we might have heard about it and stuff. So I think a lot of it's coming to light because of that, for sure. Um, it's probably always been a, a bit of a mess from what I've heard. And it would be nice if things could get turned around a bit, especially for me with the eligibility stuff, um, all the forfeits that we go through at the end of the year for that, for transfers and grades is even worse than this stuff with emotional issues of coming off the court. So yeah, that would definitely be... A nice change. However, it's good for my business. Gotta love the controversy. <laughs> um, my first take. Why isn't Mike Smith in the player of the year conversation? Well, nice. Nice to <laughs> bring it up today. Yeah. Well, today. <laughs> well, I mean. You can, you know, 38 points. Ago, when I said this take. That's right. We got a like, couple months left. Um, right. You know, he was very good at Proviso West. Um, yeah. And, oh, he's. I, I, well, I think one of the reasons is yeah. Mike Smith is a he's a high school basketball player. You know, he's not a big time recruit. And I think we always tend to, you know, when you're thinking about that kind of stuff, you go look at who the top recruits are, who's going where. But when you really look at Mike Smith's resume, like even for a career, he's been a starter since day one. And none of these other kids. No, he's had a terrific career. Yeah, up for this award can say that. And another, a little bit of a misnomer here, though, is this under-recruited. I mean, Mike Smith's been highly, heavily recruited. I mean, he's had double-digit offers, all kinds of mid-major offers. Drake wanted him bad, um, you know, in the Missouri Valley Conference, Wisconsin Green Bay. I mean, a number of, I'm sorry, I finished, I didn't say Wisconsin, Wisconsin Green Bay. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like he's not recruited. Uh, you know, he's got great academic, he's a 30 or 31 ACT, highly productive high school player, like you said. And so it's not like he's not getting recruited. Now, does he want something higher? Maybe. If not, will he just simply go to the Ivy League, which I think he may? That 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 might be the case. And, and to answer your take, yeah, I mean, you throw him in the conversation after what was probably other than, well, it might, you could argue it was the single best individual performance of the entire season. Yeah, that's and, what I was wondering myself. You know, before that, I had the Demonte Williams one was was special mm -hmm. in Pontiac. This one is it was probably because it's in a win, 
in terms of you're beating Simeon, and it's right there with with the best of all, all, all the entire season. So yeah, I mean, if you want to throw him in there, um, have at it. I'll, yeah, but I'll, my question is more: Why hadn't we thought about him before? Even without this thirty-eight oh, point I, performance, because I, 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 I don't, I don't think what he's done has matched what the numbers-wise, what Charlie Moore and and Nick Rakosevich have done. Um, but with a performance like this, I mean, you shouldn't say, "Well, one performance shouldn't make the big." Well, but it does. I mean, it's it's a high level performance in a big game against a top ranked team. And that elevates your status, and uh, now your numbers that you had. I mean, obviously, the thirty-eight points helps your numbers to begin with, but they become a little bit more. I, I, I just viewed it as Rakosovic and Charlie Moore, and then a bunch of few handful of guys that on the outskirts, like a Justin Pierce, a Mike Smith, a Devin Gage, those guys that have done some special things this year, and just needed to do something to bump them into the stratosphere of those first two guys. And with this performance and win, Mike Smith did it. Yeah, and I think Mike Smith was better than Charlie Moore in the Simeon games. Now, Mike Smith was at home. Charlie Moore was on the road. Um, and Charlie Moore was very good. Um, but Mike Smith, and he's got a lot less around him, you know, for sure. I mean, Jacob Keller's good. Nixon's good. Ballard had a horrible game. Wait, um, who'd, fa- who'd found Mike lose to at Proviso? Uh, Morgan Park. Oh, all right. I can't remember what the head-to-head was, but yeah, it was, and it was close for three quarters, I believe. I wasn't there, but it, and it wasn't on the cube, so I couldn't watch. It. Close for three quarters, and then it got out of hand. Um, I don't remember how much Mike Smith had either. He's also beaten, you know, he beat Bogan. He's beaten Young Fenwick, so it's going to be interesting if Mike Smith keeps putting up some numbers in Fenwick. They've got a lot of big games coming up still. You know, Riverside Brookfield just this week, right? He um, does. I mean, he's, he has opportunities, and I will throw him into the conversation. Um. But, I mean, prior to today, did I mean, you're saying, why didn't we? I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think I'd underestimated, you know, four-year starter thing on a good team. He's just been so much a part of this, more a part of the scene than the other guys for four years. Champion, you know? Championship game, he was 3 for 10 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3 with 9 points and 6 turnovers. Well, that would be why. Charlie Moore, 27 points. <laughs> um. 27 points, five steals. So, I mean, that was a big stage right there. And, you know, that's why we didn't talk about it, I guess. But anyway, but yeah, he, he's, I mean, he's a all-state type of guy. And, and he plays for one of the top teams, obviously, in 3A. And he's going to have plenty of opportunities, like you just said. My second take, well, I'm. it kind of talks about Mike Smith here. But the star player this year means more than I can remember. there, But it's interesting because there aren't as many of them. <laughs> but it goes without saying that when a top player on a good team plays at a high level, it's usually a big-time difference maker in almost all those games. We've seen it plenty of times over the years. But it just seems this year it's even more of the difference-making variety because, A, there just aren't that many take-over-the-game-type seniors, which that's kind of what you expect from the seniors. And B, there aren't an abundance of top-flight teams. So thus, when a, when a Mike Smith does what he did in Fenwick's game against Simeon, you see what can happen for that particular team. When Justin Smith plays the way he did against Downers Grove South, you can see what it does for that Stevenson team that 
obviously isn't in the upper echelon of teams, but these these individuals that take over games this year, it's almost like it's even more magnified um, just because of the, I guess, overall the lower end of what we see in high school basketball this year. Boy, that is the truth. And I think Justin Pierce is um, a good example of that and Glenn Bird West's unbeaten record. Right, right. I mean, look what he's done individually with that team. Uh, I, I just think the star player this year, when they do rise to the occasion, man, they, they can dominate and take over and lead a team. Um, now, what player is going to do that on a nightly basis when March rolls around? Um, you know, that, that's a different animal when it, when it comes to state tournament time. My second take is a plea. Uh, I think some officials might be listening to this podcast after our complaining about Pontiac. So officials, if you are out there, not going to tell you how to do your job. I'm just going to tell you that as a fan, as someone, a reporter fan watching the game, it'd be really nice if I could see some close games that came down to the last second in which maybe we just didn't have a foul call decide the game. Um, especially when it's one of those shot attempts that's just the kid knows it's probably not going in and there's a little bit of contact. I'm tired of watching great games decided on the free throw line. I'm just, I'm bored with it. I mean, tonight was a pretty good example. I'm not going to say that the Mike Smith thing shouldn't have been called, but it wasn't called earlier in the game. Mike Smith talked about that. He was like worried when he jumped into Taylor Horton Tucker. He knew that they hadn't called it when he'd done it earlier in the game, but he didn't really have any other move at that point. So he said, I saw Taylor Horton Tucker jump, so I jumped up into him. <laughs> and I mean, it was just sad for a great game like that to end. We all know my feelings about the DeMonte Williams, Pure Emanuel thing. I've had several other games this year where instead of those last... 15 seconds in the last possession of just letting the kid makes the shot or he doesn't the, the game winds up with kind of a weak foul and it's on the free throw line and I know a lot of coaches you never know what the coaches are going to say it depends on how it comes down to them but I think most of them would agree with me that they would prefer for the outcome to be decided in the run of play yeah I don't want to get into the fish shitty and I I, it, I now if all if we have got all these officials listening <laughs> high school, high school basketball fishing is really bad, um, and I think it's gotten worse. And there are some great ones out there, no question. But the the number of really, really high quality good officials, whew, I, it, it's not a real high number. And when you're talking about all of these games being played all these nights, uh, that's that's that can get ugly. Um, but I don't want to harp on that too much. No, yeah, and it, it's a difficult one. I mean, all these games are played. There just needs to be so many officials and things get well, kind of thin. And it's a thankless job. I think it's a difficult job. It's a job where no matter what you do, you know for sure somebody's mad at you. So I, I, I get all that, and it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but there's a lot of different parts of, of the shooting that I could get into on a different podcast. But uh, you know, looking ahead, Mike, big week. Well, publicly again, real quick. Bogan, Morgan Park, uh, James Jones. You talk about Mike Smith. James Jones in his last, I got it here somewhere, I think s- seven games. Maybe it's five. No, it's his last six. Last six games is averaging 27 points a game. He's a steal for Buffalo. 
as a Mac recruit. And I'm not saying he's player of the year worthy, but he's having an all-state type season, and we haven't talked a whole lot about him. No, he's always been a frustrating player for me. I'll see him have an absolutely great game, and then I'll see two games in which he doesn't even show. And he's one of those guys, I talk about this a lot, I think, There are there's a handful of players every year that the second half of their senior year just become assassins and killers. And it looks like James Jones is one of those guys this year. And that's going to be really interesting coming into the city tournament this Thursday's game against Morgan Park because that James Jones was not on display when Morgan Park came to Bogan the first game. So that's going to change things quite a bit. And then we got a couple of uh, shootouts this weekend. Um, the high school hoop showdown at Hinsdale Central is a rematch of, well, our, what we just talked about, two front runners for player of the year. Charlie Moore and Morgan Park against St. Joseph and Nick Rakosovic. Uh, they played already. Morgan Park handled them. They're two 3A powers that could end up both in Peoria. Uh, I don't necessarily always like to highlight and single out individual matchups, especially when they're not even in the same position. We've got a point guard and a big man. But it will go a long way, and I, you know, not a long way, but it will help sort out player of the year discussion and conversation because – uh, you know, if Charlie Moore is a big game, he had a big game last time they played St. Joe's, you know, and, and they beat him again. I mean, I, I think it does distance himself a little bit from Nick Rakosevich in that player of the year race. Yeah, Nick needs a big game a lot more than – and a big win. You know, Joe's is playing real well. They do need a big win. Against they, some good they, teams, but yeah, they need, they need a big, a big win. win. right? Um, that's going to hurt his candidacy. Uh, the other one is um, over at Glen Bard East – Fenwick for I think two just two great two four good games. Um, the first one Champagne Central against Kenwood. Um, yeah, it's a chance there to see what is the considered to be the number one sophomore in the state in the Chicago area. Hasn't really seen him. Tim Finke, six five sophomore. You know he's ranked as high as twenty something in the country in one national rankings. Uh, they scuffled a little bit. Uh, Champagne Central and Kenwood gets a chance to play out of. You know, Kenwood's got a very odd, different type of schedule. And a lot of people haven't been talking about Kenwood, I think, as a result of that. So it's a chance to see him in the area as well as against, you know, a top-level player and, 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 a, and, a, and a team that's, you know, out of the area. But still, Kenwood gets to play in the area. And then the, the second game is it'll be interesting to see how Fenwick comes back. You know, I, I think the the – not a rivalry game, but they are very local in terms of communities and schools. Riverside, Brookfield, and Fenwick. And RB back in Mike's top 25. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Boston stock in them last week and pumped them in the top 25. Not because they earned it, but everyone else <laughs> lost. So I'm going to let. And I knew they were playing Fenwick this week, so they can get their big win. RB needs this game. They need they it. They still have only badly. lost one game to an in state team. I will say that. Yeah, you know, I'm sure the RB team community and kids know that they need a big win. You know, oh, they, yeah, they, they need a big win. Yeah. Uh, it's an opportunity to play against the, the, the private school that's down the road. And, um, you know, and, and it's a bunch of perimeter players in this game. Mike Smith, Nico Jackson, Jalen Clanton, Ballard, Keller. It's going to be a fun game. I think it'll be a good atmosphere. I think those two crowds are fired up for that game. And then probably the headliner of the event is um, 
that third game, Evanston and No Gel Eastern, who they've kind of been out of sight, out of mind a little bit too, playing the holidays out out of state. Um, they get a big matchup with Whitney Young. And Young is a team, you could say, that's that they're finding their way, they're coming along, and then they run into a very good Thornton team and lost. But they could they could use a little jolt as well uh, as they head into the stretch run of the Red West and the public before they get into the public league playoffs as they take on No Gel Eastern and Evanston. Yeah, I, I have the Fenwick RB game. That's the one I chose for the newspaper. Um, I think that's going to be one of the better games of the year. I just think it's going to be a fun matchup. You know, like you said, we need to see RB play playing a good team. Um, Young and Evanston. Should... Well, you you say a good matchup. You think it's going to be a good game? Yeah. Don't you find that a little peculiar, Mike, that you have? You didn't want them. I mean, they didn't earn a top 25 ranking in this dreadful year of high school basketball. It's And, yeah, it's, and they're playing the, in the hottest. Now they're playing a red-hot Fenwick team off of – I mean, that game shouldn't be that good then. Oh, no. The, the rankings, Joe, are based on your resume at this point. I explained this. They're not based on what I think so much anymore. First yeah, thing I, is your resume. Second is what I think. And when your resume does not contain a win that's any good – it doesn't matter what I think anymore. Otherwise, Downers South would be ranked. Joliet West would still be ranked. You know, a lot of teams that I think are pretty. I, I could do a whole rank, a whole 25 of teams I think are as good or better than the Super 25 this year, especially. No, I agree with that. But but I, I'm just defending RB again just because they only have the one loss. I mean, Downers South, what have they got? Five, six losses? Yeah, but they have some good wins. Well, yeah, but they have a lot. I mean, RB hasn't lost. Other than one game to a team that's actually in your rankings, well, but it's so. it's the Grays Lake North argument that you were on the other side of last last. Oh week. Con, no, jeez, our podcast is getting too long. If you're going to compare Grays Lake North's schedule with RB's schedule, that's that's crazy. Up to this point, the wins no. you, you can compare. No, 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 no. Don't wait, wait, wait. our podcast is an hour already. We can't go any longer. We can't argue about it because it's not. We'll argue about it off the air. All right, that Fenton win was pretty pretty <laughs> impressive for RB. Um, anyway, um, what, else, what else do we what else do we got for this uh, this this upcoming week? We have the thing at uh, Saturday and Sunday at Young. Um, some good games, um, some weird matchups. Oak Park Uplift. Um, what we, what else is at that thing? Farragut against Seton. A lot of talent on the two teams have kind of underachieved. I think Farragut's lost six in a row now. And uh, Kyrie Ignatius is the headliner Sunday night. Um, Ignatius is a team I have I've been in the gym when they've played, but I have not covered them yet. Ooh, I've seen them. Yeah, they, I can't figure it out. I really can't. That's probably going to be a tough one against Curie. Um, but weird things happen generally at that um, shootout. It's the um, I think weird things spillager. happen on Sundays. Yeah, I, I, I would I could agree with that. General high school basketball, but now this is uh, a long one. Um, I hoped that we we don't talk too much more about the gym situation in future podcasts. I hope the game is played. I hope it's actually, I will tell you, I hope it's at Morgan Park. So don't get all fired up, people listening. But, um, you know, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how that one plays out and kind of recap this whole situation next week again real quickly, hopefully. But Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good week.